All right, boys and germs, welcome along to another episode of the Crack Pit Podcast. This is episode 19. I had to fucking check there again to make sure I was right on my episodes. But today I'm joined by a friend of mine, Adrian Allen, who I met beyond in Bali uh, three years ago. I think it was about 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 ish. When when back in the time when traveling was easy. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And um, I met Adrian, Adrian Allen when I was on um, a fitness uh, uh, camp or a fitness holiday with Sonny Webster over there. And um, you're an Irish lad. Just, where, where in Ireland are you from again? Uh, I'm from County Kerry, a place Kerry. called oh, a place okay. called Lichna. Everyone, you, you don't know, no one knows about Lichna, but know. once they hear it, they'll remember it. They'll I'll tell you that much. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gideon. but um, we I, we met over there. But Adrian, I want you to kind of give us a bit of a backstory because I know what we're going to talk about today, um, and it's about fitness holidays. And you've a bit of an interest in maybe setting something like that. But you've done a fair bit of traveling, and you had you were living in Bali at the time, but you'd already been out here to Australia. So give us a bit of a backstory on yourself and how the whole Australia moving from Ireland to Australia and then living in Bali, where I met you, happened. Yeah, so. Uh... First of all, hi. Good to chat to you, Damien. We've already had a, a 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> should we tell people a little side podcast before we started on relationships? And I was like, Damien, we start this podcast because there's stuff here that we probably should be talking about on the podcast and not behind closed doors. So, uh, no, my name's Adrian, Adrian Allen. I'm from a place called Lixna in County Kerry, a small village outside Tralee, basically. We're in North Kerry. Um, I've, I suppose Lixna is well known for Paul Galvin. Paul Galvin's from Lixna, Kerry footballer, Eamon oh, Fitzmaurice. Yeah, so we're, we're from that end of the woods. And uh, we mainly, mainly we play hurling in Lixna, but it's a foot, obviously the football is the big, in Kerry is obviously the big part of it. But we play hurling and football, and we play football then with a, a club called Fenuig. So, yeah, I basically I'm from Lixna, and... You know, I suppose the whole point of us being here really is like, you know, how how we got to or where we got to at this stage and how we got to Australia and how we got into fitness, I suppose. But uh, I started off in Lixnat, you know, the usual crack, just kind of going around my, getting around my daily, the usual crack, I suppose, of like, you know, drinking and partying and going to school, whatever you need to do. And then at the end of it, it was a case of, OK, what am I what am I going to do after school? And I decided to become an electrician. Um, after a couple of stints, job in Tesco, job, a job bagging turf, you know, down yeah, in the yeah, bog. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking who, who, who doesn't love a good day in the bog, you know? Uh, so yeah, plenty of bog land down where I'm from. And yeah, then I suppose it was after I was doing doing my apprenticeship in as an electrician, house bashing. Things were good at the time in Ireland. Houses were being built left, right, and center. Uh, when I started my apprenticeship, I had. I don't even know why I decided to do an electrical apprenticeship. My father's a plasterer. And, you know, I think the fact is why I didn't do plastering was because I could see when I did work with him how shite the work is in general. You know what I mean? I know, like, I don't want to sound like a soft, soft cock or anything, but, like, we, yeah. you know, you can work probably in good weather two months of the year. In total, you might have two months of good weather spread out throughout the year. And I was like, you can't do this. Like, you can't do this for the rest of your life. And, uh, I somehow became an electrician. Uh, my uncle's a butcher. I was going to go down the road as a butcher, but then I realized I can't do that either. It's too much. It's like there was something about it, like it was mental work. And uh, I decided to become an electrician. And I did I did the electrical work for about, I did it for actually three years. But in that three years, again, I suppose that it, it, 
there was something in it I just didn't enjoy doing it. I suppose the, the thing was things were good and whoever owned, you know, companies, if they were in construction or whatever, they were just like, how many people can we get? How many houses can we get built? How fast can we get it done? Like, I, like don't ask questions, just get, get shit done, basically. And uh, I never really enjoyed my apprenticeship. And I'll, I'll be open and honest, I didn't enjoy it. Like it was work, but at the same time, it's just, I never really had a passion for it. But I suppose the end of the, the only good thing about going to doing the apprenticeship was the fact you got to go to Foss for six months. That's right. And, it, and, the, and the fact you got to go to college, which was, which was Cork for me. I got to go to CIT. And I was dim, dim parts of the good parts, of course. And um, yeah, I did that. And then feckin when the recession hit, you know, I, I think I was, I was definitely, I was three years into my apprenticeship, but I still had, if people remember the phases was like, you have seven phases to do and phase two, four and six are in college. And I had gone as far as phase five. And then I got, then I was let go from work. Like he came to us one day. And I was delighted. Like, I'm not messing. I'll never forget. You know, people will say you remember certain things in your life, but I do remember where I was the day he told me that there was going to be no more work and that he wasn't going to keep us employed. And I was, I was honestly, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry, cry with happiness and laugh with delightment, you know? So I was happy either way. And I said, look, you know what? I can just go away and do something else anyway. It doesn't matter. I was like this because I could never leave. You can never leave your apprenticeship in the middle of it. Like it'd be madness to do that. Yeah. And I, I left, we finished anyway. And I suppose I spent the next year messing around, basically, you know, doing donkey work here, doing donkey work there. And an opportunity came one day. I was after being, I'll never forget, I was at a friend's 21st that lasted for about three days. Three days of... (laughs) Oh, the best, the best. (laughs) It'll take you, taking you way back here. Like, I'm 35. I'm 35 right now, by the way, you know. And uh, yeah, and uh, he's, he's 21st, lasted for three days. And it was... It was on another level. And I remember it was a Tuesday morning oh, and I hadn't, I hadn't even gone home. And I was down at a friend's house, like trying to gather myself to go home to show a face in the house. Like, you know, obviously my mother was going to be there. And my phone rang and it was Foss in Cork. And Foss were sending people to Germany to finish their apprenticeships because there were so many people that couldn't finish their apprenticeships. You must remember like when the things yeah. were good, times were good. And then... um. There was like carpenters, electricians, plumbers, the whole lot. And we were loads of people were out of work. No one could really finish their apprenticeships. Uh, so Foss had a scheme to send people to Germany. And this woman rang me and she said, would you be interested in going to Germany? And no, mind you, I'd never been really out of the country. I'd never really mm-hmm. left home. And I was probably about 24. It was like 24 at the time. I was, I'd say I was 20, 23, 24. And of course, I was like, I was in this friend in my friend's house wondering like i was like you are kidding me like i couldn't believe it i was hung over i was like this woman is telling me that i'm going to go to germany but i i thankfully anyway i i goes yeah i do it a couple of things happened we ended up going to do we ended up going to learn german in cit for two weeks got paid a fortune rag week was on the same week so oh, we didn't lads <laughs> See where this is going. Yeah. You can't get away from it. Like, uh, so there was no German. There was no German no. learned anyway. So it was, and it was, I won't even lie to you, it was the two weeks uh, Rag Week CIT was on, and in UCC Rag Week was on the second week. Uh, unless, you know, you can't get away from it. Like, and uh, we got. <laughs> We got sent off to Germany anyway. Uh, there was 12 of us then. It was brilliant. They sent us off to Germany uh, and I was able to finish my apprenticeship. I didn't even have to work in Germany. We just had to do 10 weeks of working for a, a German company, basically. Other other Irish lads were doing carpentry, plumbing. Uh, some lads stayed longer and all that. And uh, yeah, that was my first taste of travel. And I got my phase 
uh, my phase that was actually the phase seven I'd done phase six in Cork about a year earlier so that was the end of my apprenticeship so mind you I'd been I'd been out of work for probably basically a year and a half to two years since I hadn't done my apprenticeship and um yeah so look to get that done was the first main part that was the best like I was glad I got it done but then I said I'm never going to use this anyway you know I just I'm just good I'm just happy I got it done and look ended up going to America for a summer to play football and then uh, came home and then when I came home I realized that there was that was 2010 um from America only for three months on a kind of like a J1 kind of style thing and I realized that there was nothing here everyone was gone like everyone was heading to Australia I'd already borrowed money to go to to America. Like I think I borrowed three, two, two or three thousand euros, which is a lot of money. I had nothing. Back in the day, yeah, yeah, was. yeah, mm. yeah. Borrowed that, spent all that. Uh, made sure I spent it, spent it mm. wisely. And, of course. Uh, <laughs> and then when I came back, man, I was I was working in a pub in a in in County Clare in the middle of winter for my uncle, and all the lads were going to Australia. Like everyone was going, and basically, you know. I find my I I find that I'm a, a kind of happily bubbly person, but things were going fucking completely the wrong way. And jealousy was definitely like you know at that age I was definitely jealous. Everyone was going to Australia, and I was like I can't borrow more money to go come to Australia. But look, lo and behold, someone someone was looking out for me, and they were like <laughs> the same person that I borrowed money to go to America was there to be like you're not hanging around here, like you're not staying, like you you need to go. And luckily enough, look, I had two friends that were coming and. Yeah, I came out to Australia in 2000 and it was 2010. And that's where like, yeah, I kind of settled here in Perth. So you came, when you left home, you came straight to Perth? Yeah, came straight to Perth. Uh, a couple of my good friends were in Sydney, but I had a bit of a head on me and I was like, two things will happen. You have about 3,000 euros. Yeah. And if you go to Sydney, that will probably last you about... A weekend. A month. A weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being smart. I said, I, it, it will definitely, you know, I won't last long. It's yeah. not going to last, like, you know. And the party scene, I knew, I like, I didn't know much about Australia, but I knew Sydney was where the, the fun was, like, the party was. But luckily enough, I had a friend here in, in Western Australia, in part, uh, Frank Hegarty, a, a Kerry lad just only up the road. And while I was actually at home, there was uh, friends of mine, they're plumbers. I was kangoing fucking walls and kangoing floors. I do, I'll do the donkey work. You know what I mean? Mm. Not a bother. And like they, they actually one day rang, took the phone out and said, talk to him. Cause they knew I had an electric, they, they knew I had an electrician license or electrical license. And like, talk to him and get, get the fuck out of here. Like, and that's yeah. what the boys were doing, even though they had employed me to work, they were still trying to, well, they were trying to get rid of me as at the same yeah, time, you know, yeah, but they yeah. wanted, you know, they were good lads that wanted the best for you. Like, you know, of course. and they actually, they honestly, that day they rang him. And said, there, talk to him. Like, I was like, I'm not going to talk to him. And he said, look, he said, look, everyone's ringing. Like, everyone was ringing him, I'm sure. And he's like, everyone's ringing. He said, I'm not going to talk to you until you come out here, basically. Okay. You know, he said, I will get you a job. But he said, you have to come out. So there's no point in me telling you you're going to have a job if you don't come out. So I got, got on the flight and I came out. And luckily enough, I he um, he set me up with a job after a couple of, took two or three months, I suppose, to tell you the truth. But, like, I was messing around. The three grand was still... It was just lasting me enough to fuck around to yeah. like St. Patrick's Day. And uh, I got a job with an Irish company uh, as an electrician. Didn't want to do it. Oh, man, I was working. I did a, a stint in Coles for a weekend. Oh, and you did not. I did. I did. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'll tell you. Coles is the equivalent to Tesco at home. Like, Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you the story. We did anyway. And, you know. The it's recruitment, brilliant. like recruitment agencies here, like it, they'll mm. get you a job in the morning. Like if you're if you're out of work, like there's no excuse not to be working because like they'll get you a job. But 
there was four of us got jobs to to fix to put up shelves in Coles like Tesco. And uh ah oh, stop, so the boys went in anyway. And there was a big baler out the back for baling cardboard. And one of the lads cut all the straps of the fucking baler and burst everything. And obviously it was cotton secure. Like whatever he was doing, I don't know, but he was messing. And we all got fired anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> so we did, but they're like, you know, you're only doing it for the crack. And yeah. uh, but like obviously, whatever we did, we didn't rob anything, it was all ha- uh, harmless fun. Yeah. And I went off anyway, and I started a job with this Irish company. Now at home in Ireland, we were doing, uh, we were doing houses, apartments, whatever, get lights in, get lights, whatever, put them in, pulling cables everywhere. And then with this Irish company, they were doing a lot of mining work, uh, up North, mm. like in the, in like the mining in Australia, I suppose for anyone, if you're listening at home, the, the pits, the, the mining, it's open pit. It's a big open area and they dig the hole. They don't dig into the, they dig the ground open. They don't like tunnel. Yeah. Everyone thinks mining is like, we go, we go with our hard hats and we go in underground, you know? Yeah. There, there fucking, is that. Yeah. The, the fucking, um, the, the, the Snow White job, the, 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 the seven dwarfs. That's a mm. high hole, high hole. It's off the work we go, the pick on your shoulder. And away yeah. you, like. the, the, the seven Irish lads off into the mines for themselves in the middle of nowhere. But uh, no, it was, look, the, the job was completely different. There was um, that week I started, they flew uh, that company flew in, I think 10, 10 to 15 Irish lads Jeez. straight from Ireland. Yeah. Straight from Ireland sponsorship visas. I had my holiday visa, you know, I was only on like you do your one year mm-hmm. and they brought in, they brought in a load of fellows, an Irish company. Uh, and like, again, amazing opportunity for like, for people, imagine if you're at home and someone says, okay, I'll put you on a flight to Australia and I'm going to give you the best money you've ever been on. That's and right. we're going to, oh, that's what it was you. like. And look after yeah. you as well. Like, yeah. 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 And you know, and like, I was fortunate enough, like they had come over. I wish, I wish they had paid for my flight. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they, I started with them anyway and look, we were doing like generators, big generators, generators would go to the mine site because obviously there's no real power station, but we did build power stations. But the main thing was, we did was dewatering is where you put a pump into the ground, a cable gets connected to it, a hose gets connected to the pump. It's about a hundred meters in the ground. It sucks the water out. So then they can come in, put the dynamite in, and then blow up the ground and then take all the iron ore. You know, so you have to okay. there's pockets of water, even though it's the driest place in the planet, yep. there's still water underground, and that has to be so it was dewatering, is what I did. And yeah, look, I did that. Um, I did that for three years. Uh, in the meantime, then I suppose I got into fitness and I discovered like after probably two years, a year and a half or two years of mining, I was putting on weight. Like I was always into the gym, but I was like, you know, half arsed. And then it does like I was putting on weight. I'm, I always put on weight, but I always put on weight for a reason. I would have drank and I would have ate a lot of shit. Like you don't put on weight magically by not overeating and acting the bollocks. Like we all know that at this stage now. Well, we're not all we know. I know that at this stage. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was just a case of I needed to do something. And that was the first time I came across CrossFit uh, in a little shed. And this was while you were over in Perth. So just yeah. uh, just rewind back there to while you were working. Was this, Where you were working on the mine, was that like a fly-in, fly-out scenario you were working in? Yeah, so it was uh, It was four weeks on, basically. It did, definitely. Okay. Yeah, it was definitely average. Like, I think they, they promised us three weeks on, one week off. Yeah. By the time you get up there, it turns into four weeks. And then... And then at the end of the fourth week, it becomes a fifth week, yeah. you know, and this is the thing they did. Uh, I wouldn't bad mode them, but they knew like if they could get you to stay up there for five months, they let you stay there for five months. Yeah. But, you know, you you can't. And like, you know, truthfully, man, I went from being on the dole, like from being an apprenticeship, the apprenticeship paid fuck all, you know, as they do. Then the, the dole paid 
186 euros, which was great for that working. Mm-hmm. And bagging turf is 20, ba- 20 cent a bag on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, depending on where you go. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, and then yeah, and then you, you get this job as a four in one. And, you know, I hate, I don't like talking about money, but the, the reality of it is, is like what they paid us here to do that job was life-changing, you know, mm-hmm. and it has allowed me, Jesus, John, it has allowed me to do things. It's, it's got me, John, it's, I've had a comfortable life since, but we were doing four weeks away, 12 days, 12, uh, 12 hours a day. Like basically you get one day off every 14 days if you're lucky. If like, you know, if, if the company could get away with it, they would, of course, like, you know, and they'd have you working 28 days straight. Mm-hmm. And then you fly off, you fly down for your week off. Uh, so the flight is like two hours. Uh, I keep forgetting you need to put things into perspective for people as well, you know, when we talk in here. But the flight is two hours from parts. It's in the middle of nowhere. You're on a camp. Uh, when I say camp, there's like, uh, you have your room, toilet, bedroom, uh, little bathroom. And yeah, like you just sleep in that and you, you go to work and you have probably two breaks a day and then you go back to your room and there's gym, like some camps are amazing. Yeah. Uh, some camps are really good. Some camps have good quality gyms and eventually like, yeah, some, but you could go some places like on a railway line and there'll be a camp on the railway line, but there's nothing like, it's just like, yeah. you go, you go there, you, you get a, you, you get fed. Like you don't pay for anything when you're up there. There's nothing to spend your money on. Uh, there is bars in some camps, you know, again, sometimes it's limited the amount of drink you can have. And then, yeah, um, did that for three years. Uh, then I got into the fitness, like I said, and yeah. stuff like that. But it was, it's, it's, the, the mining is a great, a great job. Now, most sites are going to like, nowadays, they're like two weeks on, two weeks off. Yeah. So yeah. It, cause the, and I suppose the big thing was what I didn't realize at the time it was, it does affect your mental health. Mm. Uh, you don't realize it. You just think about the money. You're a young fella. You don't care about anything. Your girlfriend, if you have one, is at home. You're, it's fine. You think she's fine because there's loads of money coming in. You know what I mean? Mm. But like, she's, she's probably missing you. And, and it was just, yeah, there's a whole bunch of things that it took me like nearly five. When I got out of it after five years, I knew that like I had done too much. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I ask how did that, how did it affect you? So like, you know, if you, if you don't mind me asking that. Oh yeah. No. And this is, and that's the thing about is like, you know, I suppose as we get older, we, we, John mental health is a big part now, like men's mental health. Like there in a couple of weeks time now, I do a 200 kilometer cycle for men's mental health. There's 50 of us guys doing it. And I think for me, I've only really seen that people are speaking more about it in the last year to two years. Yeah. And obviously with the whole COVID thing, it was mental health, like, you know, mental health is definitely a, a massive issue. And I know myself that like there's days when I'm down big time. But mm-hmm. when, um, when back then, like I didn't know anything about it. it was like, like I come back down from work. I'd meet the boys and I'd be like, the boys like, geez, you're weird this week. And I was like, but you're like, I've been away for four weeks and I don't know. Like you come down into a bar full of people all yeah. of a sudden and like bright lights, traffic. And you must remember we've done fucking nothing, only work and yeah. seen our bedroom. But what did happen? And it, I, I love telling the story about it because it was like, it kicked me in the balls big time. I went home, I went home for Christmas um, after it was the end of my fifth year of nearly mining and I just got my I just got my citizenship here in Australia and I knew then I was like okay I need like something's going to have to happen where I'm going to have to get the fuck out of here and Mm -hmm. try something new there was definitely parts of my life that I wanted to travel and explore and do different things and I went home for Christmas and I did a month in Dubai great crack you know off home and then like my mother I was at home and obviously there's a lot lots of drinking Mm. and like you're hungover whatever the case may be and I was actually 30 I was 30 years of age and I was at home and 
you go drinking. I suppose then, like, I'd spend the rest of the day, like, the, the next day, like, in bed, or I'd get up and then I'd go downstairs. I'd go back up to my room or whatever, you know, or I'd go, go away and I'd come back and I'd go to my room. And my mm-hmm. mother says to me, she was like, why, why is it you keep going to your bedroom, like, all the time? Mm, okay. And I would, the next thing I said, it didn't even dawn on me. And I was like, well, sure, like, at work, I go to work. And then, like, once I finish 12 hours at work, I go to my bedroom. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what you do because you have to be up again at four o'clock in the morning to go to work. Jesus, yeah. So you go back to the bedroom. So what I suppose my patterns was work, go to the bedroom, work, go to the bedroom. When I came down to part, I would party and go to the bedroom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, by, my, by myself. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> and that was the thing, but I didn't realize it like, you know, because you drink, I'd get down from work and like whatever you get down on a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday. But if you come down on a Friday, you're out Friday night, you're out Saturday and yeah. you're out Sunday. Like that's the God's honest truth. Like, because that was the enjoyment. But then I would spend Monday to probably Wednesday, you isolated. know, eating, isolated, eating shit, doing fuck all everyone else at work. And I know I'm having the fear of I'm going back to work on Wednesday. Like, you know, right, yeah. so like a lot of time was definitely spent in the bedroom. That's the God's honest truth. So when I went home and the mother said that to me, I knew I was like, OK, like because I couldn't see it and no one else was there to, to tell no. me. Like, well, um, it, it was like it was almost like you, you were a, a prisoner of war. You know, yeah. isn't that what they do? You, you would work and then you would be isolated. And that's that's yeah. one method of torture that keep yeah. people separated and put you on your own. But you slowly got conditioned to that, it seemed. Yeah. And didn't even notice, like, because then what sort of real connections were you having with people? So you were constantly working with these lads. Maybe you were chatting while you were working and whatever and having the crack. But then when it was off time, you you, you went partying. So when you're partying, yeah, you're connected, but you're not actually having the real conversations. No. And and then when you would, you'd be curing your hangover on your own and isolating yourself. Yeah. That's fucking hectic, so it is. (laughs) Yeah. And it is. And like, you know, this is the thing is that, like, you, you, you feel, I, okay, in my head I say, I, I, I'm i thinking to myself, I feel stupid that I allowed that to happen. But so you don't know. Like, you don't know. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, we just said, like, what, what you don't know, you don't know. And like, yeah, I had the fucking clue, like, and the tools that we were given. And and like, I know my own heart and soul, like, and it's a good, like, I didn't expect to get stuck into this actually. Mm. But it's a good thing that like, I know there's other Irish boys that do this job. And I've, I've heard a great story from a good friend that I must talk to myself his story is brilliant about like, you know, there's two ways it can go. Like, it's like, there is that part of it, but there's a lot of people experiencing this that they don't know that that's go- they're going through it. Like that's the God's honest truth. So yeah, look, when I realized that when my mother had said that to me, I came back to Australia and I, I did a month. Cause I was like, look, I'll make back. Like the truth is you can make $10,000 in a month easily yeah. up there, you know, and and you get to save it all. So I was like, you know what? I'll just, I've had two months off. I'll just go back up and I'll, I'll make back the $10,000 and I'll be happy. You know, yeah, <laughs> That's the, okay. so this is it like, yeah. yeah. And uh, then something else had happened and it was a case of, I was seeing, I was seeing a girl from Donegal and she had been at home for Christmas. Then I obviously, so I didn't see her like, and I'm a fucking arsehole. I didn't even go up to Donegal to see her while she was at home. Yeah. Let's, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest here and say it like, yeah. Like, Kerry's I, a long way from Donegal, isn't it? I, <laughs> John, this is the thing, like, that's no excuse whatsoever. But <laughs> Kerry to Donegal is probably about eight hours and you're thinking to yourself like, oh my God, it's too far to go. Yet you're in Australia and you've Kerry no to problem. Donegal, what, what, what roads are you traveling? Eight hours, Kerry to Donegal. 
Jeez, I'd, 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 go the, I'd go up the West Coast, man, the, the fancy route. Do you know what I mean? The long way. <laughs> You're going the fucking long way. It's eight hours. No, I, uh, I know things are slow in Ireland, but I, fucking hell, lad. The road, the, the road from Kerry to Dublin was once four hours. It's now down to about three. So you can imagine. Now, I suppose like Donegal is definitely a six or a seven hour drive. You know, the truth it actually is, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, I've right. never done it. The, the, the windy roads. Yeah, well, well, you go up the scenic way anyway, you know, yeah. tip some more and you have to stop and stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get get the selfie. But yeah, look, I was there. That was it. I was seeing a girl. Well, no, see, when I say I was seeing a girl, it was we were and this was something we were kind of speaking about before we went on air but we didn't speak this part was i was seeing someone but it wasn't anything serious you know it wasn't serious it fucking was nowhere near serious uh and then i came back and i went back up to work for a month and then then she had come back and on my week off i met her uh i she she called over to to see me or whatever but she had obviously been at home and realized that that i was wasting her time definitely yeah. Okay. okay. So she came back anyway and she called over and there was a little chat and she was like, I'm having no more to do with this. Like, you know, yeah. and I was like thinking, and then that was the next thing. I was like, Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, but I don't, I wasn't thinking about what she, like I would go away for a month and then I, I would see her on my week off. And there were some weeks I would be off and um, I might, I might even stay in part. I would go to Melbourne or go to Cairns and go wherever with the boys, by the way, you know, yeah. and this is and like, we just, and that was another thing, you know, I just realized that you, you can't be doing that. And, you know, did she, that was it. She said, look, there's no more to, I'm having no more to kind of do with this. Like, you know, I have to kind of look after myself and do my own thing. And I was like, okay. And actually I thought that when she would leave, she would come back and tell me she was joking. Yeah. She didn't. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. she, she, she was smart. She was a good woman. Like she's mm. smart and like, and I respect her for it. And she thought she was probably the first girl to kind of teach me something like that. You know, it was yeah. like, okay, you can't be doing that. And then I went back up to work, man. And so it was like February, 2000 and 2000 and maybe 17, I'd say. And I, 2017 it would have would have been 2017 2018 and there was a young fella and there was an older irish uh he wasn't irish it was an older australian fella and a younger irish fella and the younger fella was only he was really young and he was saying that uh like you know he had his house paid for i think at the age of fucking 19 or 20 uh, here in australia yeah and he was like you know but i have no friends like you know every time i go down i have no friends and the older fella sitting beside him was like well i have i had two houses but my the women and the wives they've had have taken them. Taken them I oh, swear to God, you yeah. know what I mean. And okay. this was the thing, like you know, and I knew nothing. Like you know, I know a lot of guys that are up up north in mine sites for a long time have had issues with that, you know. Mm. But then then you must think about like I I would have said, geez, there's some there's some women to be taking your house off you for all your hard work, but you have decided to stay up there for so long that what do you think they're going to be doing when you're like, when they're down here by themselves sitting in your house, they're bored. Like, you know, yeah. you, and, and then you come down and you think that just because you've made the money and you have the houses that everything is fine. And now we know that there's more to relationships and fucking money and houses like, you know, so them boys were obviously doing, and they would have been doing four and ones as well. So I was like, well, now I see it in a way is that, okay, now you, well, you're, you're half to blame for that. You know, you probably should have got out of this job a long time ago. And Joe, when I was sitting there listening to the two of them, and I was two weeks in, and next thing I just said, "Hi, fuck this shit." <laughs> down to the office. Down to the office. There was a an Irish lad. He was the the, the foreman, a young fella, absolutely killing us. And he was due to have a baby as well in a couple in a couple of months. Um, Ian Kenny, Ian Kenny, he was his name. I don't know where he is these days, but he was a really good lad. And he was on. He was a young fella as well. Like, and he was in. Uh, 
like he had a great position but we had spoke and he was like yeah I'm only going to do this for another couple of months and then I have a child so I'm going to get away from it yeah and I was there saying just why would you do that like you know you're making loads of money of course I couldn't see it but mm-hmm. then I said I went down to the office he was standing there and I was like Ian I need to get out of here like right now please and he was mm-hmm. looking at me and Joe, you know what he didn't even question me like yeah. you know there, there's the question of like are you sure I was like yeah I said look fuck enough's enough I've been going through this now long enough man I'm five years doing different mining jobs and I need to get out and I said he said look I can get you out straight away if you want but you went like there's certain things that you know contracts and stuff and I was like okay look I'll do the last two weeks but once <laughs> the, once I had said that like I was yeah, like you, you checked out yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have worked another month if you wanted me to. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, geez, that, that, that's why, yeah, that's, well, that's a huge stint that you done there. So you done that block of time. You asked to, to leave. So I'm assuming you came back to where you were living in Perth or did you go directly somewhere else? Yeah, so when I, I came back down anyway and – I suppose in those five years that I had been doing the mining, I was very fortunate. Um, like I said, I started doing CrossFit. Like yes, I started doing yes. CrossFit and the shit that was, shit had hit the fan after about two years. I put on a load of weight uh, again and I was like, okay, I need to do something. So I came across CrossFit and that was, you know, that was just, I just needed to do something other than work yep. and drink. I needed to mm. like exercise basically and I need to do something. And I, I came across CrossFit and then it was, uh, we, we went, actually, do you know what? It's funny, you know, you say this. Um, it popped up on Instagram there. Ten years ago today, Australia played Ireland in New Zealand at the Rugby World Cup. So, okay. you know, I don't know if you were in Melbourne at that time. I would have been, were, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had been, I'd done six months, exactly six months. And I said, look, if I, if I could do, if I got the mining job, I could afford to go to New Zealand. Yes. And fucking man, I'd I done six months. I could definitely afford to go to New Zealand. And I could go there all guns blazing, like, yeah. and uh, I a photo just popped up anyway. Yeah, we were we were wearing the Irish morph suits. Me and five of my friends, three of the boys were in Sydney. One lad was in Adelaide, and yeah, we all met up and sure, like the everyone from Australia, like that was Irish, was basically in New Zealand. And I I said I still I do it for a month, so we rented a camper van. And during that stage, there was other Irish lads. Uh, Mike, Michael Quilter was a friend of mine in Adelaide Tony Sheehy is down and I think he's still in Melbourne actually there's loads of lads that were definitely from Melbourne that would have travelled and there was one guy and he had been he had been to Thailand on a fitness holiday just oh, previously okay. and uh, of course I had just gotten into the CrossFit kind of thing or if, if I even had I don't even think I had gotten into the CrossFit thing at that stage but this guy was ripped and he was in incredible shape and he fucking when he came anyway like obviously I looked at him and was like fucking hell you look good I know mm. I felt like a bag of shit. I actually have the photo there. I probably posted today, and like it shows us without the morph suits, and it shows us with the morph suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the corner, and fucking titties, man boobs, and a little belly, and then you put on the morph suit. I'm like, you can you can spot me a mile away. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the morph suit covers your whole body. By the way, it was green, white, and gold. Oh, and uh, uh, but we went to we went to, I went there anyway, and look, we were traveling everywhere, meeting Irish people from all over. The, well, all over Ireland and all over Australia, basically. Yeah. And the crack boy was on another level. And this guy appeared. And look, he told me, he told me about fitness camps in Thailand. And we were just, now and again, then we would chat about it. And fuck, man, my brain lit up. Like, I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, I've always been overweight. Like, mm. when I was younger, I was always overweight. But I was like, oh my God, so this is how you get fit. 
You know what I mean? I didn't know. I never had a coach. I never knew nothing about nutrition. I'd been going to the gym slightly and, you know, you get results now and again, but I didn't know how you got them. Yeah. You know, that's the truth. And uh, then I was like, oh my God, this is what I want. This is what's going to work. Like, cause he was ripped. Now, what he didn't tell me was that when he was in Thailand, mm-hmm. the nutrition might've had been supplemented with other things, which yeah. I didn't know about either. You know, I honestly was oblivious to it, like, you know, but he was yeah. in incredible shape. And look, he's he kind of set the seed in my head about going to Thailand mm-hmm. and annexing whatever the, the fitness holiday or the fitness holiday. Our time in New Zealand had finished uh, on the last day. Ireland, Ireland got beat by Wales in the World Cup quarterfinal. Came back to the camper van, uh, realized that our camper van had been cleaned out. Everything oh. robbed out of the camper van. No way. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. I was like. We couldn't have asked for like the holiday was unbelievable. Like, you know, yeah. and if, you, if anyone ever has a chance to travel to New Zealand, oh my God, get on the plane and join a tour and go there. Like, you know, mm. it is the most beautiful place in the world. And the camper van got cleaned out. All the passports of so five suitcases. My passport was the only passport left. I had a passport in the glove box. Uh, mm. I took it out maybe a couple of nights earlier for something. Yeah. But uh, everything cleared out. And I, I was like, I knew the camper van looked a bit empty. Mm. Like, well, I was asleep in it. I completely forgot. No, I it was robbed before I even got back to it. But yeah, we had everything. So the boys had to get emergency passports to come back in and everything. But look, I was like, I don't give a shit. I said, I had, a, I came back into, I flew back into Melbourne with a uh, plastic bag with my Nike Air Max. That was the only thing I brought back with me. <laughs> well, may, maybe it was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> ah, it was, I, John. But that's what that's what holidays are about stories yeah. and stuff. So that yeah. looked all. Clothes can be replaced and stuff, and passports can be replaced. But exactly. he said he set the seed anyway in my head about going to Thailand, and it was okay. look. I went back to work. I think I did about a year of mining, and then I was like, that was only I was only in mining about two years, and I was like, I need to go to Thailand, like I need to experience this. And I'd be trying to train on site, and I'd be running around the camp, like the camp is like would be maybe like a kilometer in circumference and I'd be running around and be like this is what I'm going to be doing in Thailand now I'm going to be doing my Thai and I'm just going to be running like running every day basically that's the thought we would do and uh, look I booked end up booking a flight to Thailand things I could feel that like my mental health and physical health was definitely being affected from work which I didn't think it could be and then it just came and said I need a break and yeah Mm. I booked I booked a a two months trip to Thailand to go on a, a fitness holiday yeah yeah okay yeah. So, so come here. Did you go back to the mines after so after you were, after the World Cup um, uh, that you went over to New Zealand? Did, when you came back to Australia, did you go back to the mines first? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. So, and you did yeah. another two years. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Bad country. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so there was like five years in total, but the the first oh, break okay. came after like a year and a half to two years. Yeah. Very good. I, Very good. I did it. But uh, okay. So you discovered CrossFit, um, and you booked your ticket to Thailand now. So at this stage, are you done with the mines? No, I, that I, this was the first stint in Thailand. So this, okay. is, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So that was my first, I went to Thailand. Um, yeah. So like the, I suppose the little part here before I leave the mines was I went to Thailand and I did the two to three months there. It was fucking incredible. Like, you know, there's it's a whole new, like everything was just like, you're training, you, you're meeting people from all over the world. You don't do half, you're not doing any of the drinking crack that you think you have to do to meet people. And this was the social connection part that I didn't know that yeah. I could get without going drinking. So when I went to Thailand the first time, yeah, I, um, I was able to meet people. Like, like I was there by myself. I didn't know anything, where I was going, what I was doing. And it was, look, the, the condition that I got into 
by doing like I did my Thai at the start, but then I found strength and conditioning and, you know, functional fitness and stuff. And look, the the shape that I got into was incredible. I didn't have to use the supplementary stuff that mm. they do have in Thailand. Yes. I just, I just, like I say to people is all I did was I under it and I overtrained and I got great results, you know, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. <laughs> which we do not promote anymore. You know what I mean? Obviously. So, uh, and yeah. Was it was it Phuket that you went yeah. to? Phuket, yeah, because yeah, there's loads to, of training places over there. Yeah, went to Phuket and look, it was Tiger Mai Thai. I booked a trip oh, yes. to, Tiger, to Tiger Mai Thai, and um, yeah, it was like I was in Tiger Mai Thai. Went for Mai Thai, but I didn't realize I didn't want mm-hmm. to go. For, like I went for Mai Thai thinking that that was Mai Thai I wanted to do, but after four weeks, man, I couldn't even lift my leg. Like you're in there two hours in the morning, kicking and punching pads. Uh, getting sick, like puking your ring up because you drink so much water that you don't realize that you're doing two hours of conditioning work and you're just puke. Like, you're like a water. I remember it by you're like a water feature standing outside. Like, cause it's not, it's a shed, it's an open shed and you're like a water feature, just projectile <laughs> vomiting water because you haven't eaten yet. Yeah. And it's like fucking humidity is through the roof. Like, you know, you think it's hot in Australia, but you're basically wearing a pair of shorts. Like you're just, you're this fake, little Mai Tai fighter, you know, and like, you're just like, you're Irish, you know, you shouldn't even be there. Like, you know, it could have been the next Conor McGregor fight stuck at it or whatever, you know, but yeah, I just like, that was, that was early stages of all that of mixed martial arts and stuff. And look, I did it for four weeks, man. I was going to, I was, it was killing me. I couldn't even walk anymore. Like my, I didn't know nothing about stretching. I didn't like, and I'd never kicked anyone or punched anyone before or a bag or anything. So like, obviously I wasn't even ready for that. And I ended up walking away from it. And due to the fact that you train for two hours a day in the morning, you forget what else is going on. Like this That's place right. is big. Tiger Mai Tai is big. Like, and uh, there's there was another shed that had people doing functional stuff, you know, mm. like doing squats, kettlebell swings, dead ball slams, all this kind of stuff. And one day then I hobbled from the Mai Tai section. I was like, I'm fucking done with this. And I looked in the next thing by I'm not messing. It's like this whole new world appeared in front of me. There was, first of all, there was loads of women in there. Yeah. Okay. And then there was like a few fellas, but it was like, there must've been 50 people in there in this other shed. Yeah. And I was like, fuck sure. I haven't seen it because I was so caught up in doing the Mai Tai that was always on the same time. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to jump into this. And look, that's what I, once I got into that, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is brilliant. This is what I enjoy doing. So I, I spent another four weeks doing that. And look, what happened was at the end of that, there, there was a seed sown. I met a girl um, that she was a coach there, an English girl, and I was leaving. You have 90 days outside of Australia before you're, if you want to get your citizenship, you have to do, you have to do five years in Australia, but you, 90 days, if you're outside for 90 days, you lose that year. Mm. Now I'd been in Thailand for 89 days. So I had to go back and obviously work were like, you need to come back now. You know, I was only yeah. meant to be on for two, two months. And this girl on the last day I was there, obviously you meet loads of friends. You've, you've done everything right. And uh, she said to me, look, I, I think you'd be fucking so good at being a, a personal trainer, like as a coach here. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, this is one of the biggest facilities in the world. Like they have UFC champions coming out coming out the freaking front door every day and over there yeah. uh, when it's open and I was like you are kidding me and that kind of planted the seed for me to do an online I couldn't accept the job because I was yeah. like I have the mining to do like there's there's a lot of stuff that that's still I need to do there and 
uh, I just need to get back to Australia. I want to get my citizenship. Getting the citizenship was a big thing yeah. uh, for me. Like, just so you could, like, I didn't know what I wanted it for, but I knew that I could come and go from Australia for the rest of my life if I ever needed to. That's and true. that was probably the only time I've ever had a, a sensible thought in my head was that, like, you know, it's like that. And, you know, we're sitting we're sitting here a couple of years later, and, like, I wouldn't be here only for the fact that I, I got that That's passport. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, I she put that seed in my head. I never thought I could be a, a trainer or anything like that. And uh, yeah, I ended up doing an online PD course. But then that's what it was. Then when I finished my time in, uh, when I finished the mining job, I knew there was only one place to go, and that was yeah. to come back. And that was to come straight back to Thailand. So it was okay. So yeah. when you came when you came back to Australia, then you got. Um, how long were you back in Australia to get your citizenship uh, before and finish up your mining before you went back to Thailand? Yeah, so that was three years. Oh, so you can back. Yeah. So that after that two to three month uh, extended holiday, yeah, of kicking the shit out of a bag and then finding the new <laughs> shed full of women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you can you can back to Australia for three years then. Yeah, so it was five years in total. First okay. two years, yeah, so it's kind of split up into two. But that's when I had discovered Thailand was after the two years, and then. And then once I had finished the mine and then I knew that that was kind of the place where, you know, it's like your happy place. It was definitely my happy place. I knew how much fun I had had. I knew that like, okay, look, I've had, I've, I have enough money made that I can go away and kind of enjoy myself. So I came back to, that's when I came back to Thailand in and I said, look, I'll settle here for a while. I'll see what will happen and so forth. So yeah, that's where. That's yeah. where I got back to. And it is a happy place, you know, and it's it's some place that, you know, we get into it now. Like, it's like where I spent three, like I spent three years there in total then. Really? Three so years was, in yeah. Thailand? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah. And, well, obviously, like, did you go, did you work when you were there? Did you get into the, the coaching role that you were yeah. on? Yeah, so like when I when I went back there, I didn't go back there to, to coach. I said no. I was just going to go back for a holiday and to... And to chill out, you know, like I never, you know, you have, Jesus, like, you know, you hear people from years ago, I love to go live in Thailand. And, you know, mm. you think that they're the weirdos from the village. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just going out there to, to bang birds. Like, you know, that's yeah, the yeah, truth. Yeah. Like, there was no one sex going tourist. to live. Yeah, sex tourist. There was no one going to live in Thailand for a fucking fitness holiday. Like, and uh, yeah. that was it. Like, you know, it was, it was sex tours. That's what exactly what people were going for. And yeah. Then I was like, I was going on a fitness holiday, which like, you know, everyone took the piss out of me for. But while I was there, there was a gym. A gym had been built called Unit 27. Mm. And the, the owner of that gym, Dale Hallam, I had asked him previously after I got my cert, my PT thing, uh, my coaching. Now, I never wanted to be a PT. I just wanted to teach the classes that you had 50 people standing in front of you yeah. from all parts of the world. And that's what I love doing. I never once. And like I. I take it all back now, but I, well, I, I don't take it back, but at the time I never wanted to be a personal trainer. I wanted to be a group fitness instructor, smashing people in classes and giving them an experience. That's all I ever wanted to do. And Tiger Muay Thai gave you that. And then unit 27 brought it with about 10 times the intensity. Like Ooh. this gym, this gym was just fucking incredible. And this gym would just like, we had classes called debt row, the punisher, uh what was the other one like morning glory drill sergeant so these were all classes that were like high intensity uh functional classes like you yeah. know and they just run them all day long like they'd run nine classes a day uh obviously there were strength strength classes as well so there was a good mix but the intensity of the conditioning classes was on another level you yeah, know yeah. like i i don't know how the name of god i managed to do the classes uh like every day obviously like you 
like now we know that you can't train at intensity every single day, but I didn't know any different. Right. So that was fine. But um, the owner of that gym, when I was there after the break, he, he was building a gym in Spain and I was in Thailand and he was like, well, if you want to come to Spain to work in Mallorca, like Mallorca Megaluf, the gym was being built. He said, we're building one there in three months time. And I ended up going, instead of staying in Thailand, I was like, well, do you know what? I want to travel. I have the thing. Obviously, I would love to work in Thailand. Whereas, yes, yeah. you know, well, fuck it. I get to go home and then I get to, to go to Spain, basically. You know, that's right. Because yeah. like when you're younger, everyone wants to go to Mallorca, uh, like Santa Panza, basically. That's and right. I never I never had the chance to do the, the like say people would travel to go for three months when they're younger. And you're thinking, oh, fuck, yeah, this is great. So he built a gym there. And then he sent me down as a coach. So me and him went down as coaches. And, uh, you know, like I suppose when you see Thailand and Bali, there is a vibe to it. Like, you know, there is a vibe to it. And Thailand, especially the intensity of the training was what I did and what I enjoyed doing. But then we went to Spain and like, I suppose the gym was massive. It was a fucking big gym. It was meant to be an F45 gym. And then they, whatever happened with F45, something happened and they still kept the equipment, but we did unit 27 style classes. Okay. There because obviously you know F forty five gets ruined as you do it as it is. Yes, but yes. Uh, we had all the gear. I don't know what I don't know. Trust me, I don't know what the crank the contract negotiation was, yes. but everything was there. We did not do F forty five. I'll tell you that much. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so we did went there, and I did three months. I ended up doing three months in. It was actually in the middle of Megaluf and Santa Panza, and like mm-hmm. in the mid. It was from June, July, and August, and I was thirty years of age, and I was like, it's just like trying to get people to come and train that would have been down in Santa Panza or Megaluf, they would have, they were looking at you going like, no, like, you know, it's not, it's not going to happen. Like, you they're, know, they're on a piss up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas like in Phuket and in Bali, it's like, you're there to train. There's yes. no distractions. And that was it. And look, I did three months there. And then I just, I said to him, look, I, man, this is not, this is not what I want. Mm. Like as a co- as me wanting to go into the fitness industry, this is not what I wanted. It's like, I need Thailand. Thailand was the thing. Yeah. So after the end of that three months, I ended up going home for a month or two months. Uh, and then I put on about 12 kg. Oh, I just Jesus. fucking, oh, stop. I, I went fucking apeshit. Yeah. I was like, I suppose, because I'd been so, I'd been training so much since I had left the mining job, had gone to Thailand, had gone to Spain. And like, I'd been in like, I just trained, man, trained all the time, overtrained. Like I didn't, and even at this stage, I still hadn't done anything like other than got my PT cert. You know, which I got online, which is just a piece of paper. And I went home by, and I suppose, like, you know, I went traveling around Ireland, drinking every weekend, back to the back to square one again. You know what I mean? I'd like, now I have a break. Yeah. Enjoy myself. But eventually, look, I what had happened, I suppose, and like I realized it now is that after maybe six weeks of fucking partying the shit out of us, then I realized I was after getting myself into a hole. And then I was like, okay, well, I've fucking left Australia. Mm-hmm. I don't have a job. I've now left Australia mining job now i've had a fitness job that i've fucked away that i've always wanted to do so like where am i and i was like literally the fear the, the, the fear, fear by, it kicked in <laughs> it did like i was like i've completely fucked my life up and oh. no no what am i going to do so it, it actually was just before it was actually it was then i had put on about 12 kg i was like okay what do i need to do i end up going back to thailand and because okay. i was going i was going to go back to australia i was like i've just i've spent six months to nine months thinking I could I've changed and I'm going to change my life and I've just fucked this come full circle again and fucked this so I went back to Thailand and uh 
yeah, look, I said, look, go back to Thailand, do a couple of weeks of training and then head back to Australia again and go back to mining. But look, lo, lo and behold, I suppose this is where my fitness career had started in was um, I got back to Thailand after a couple of weeks. And luckily enough, uh, I was offered an opportunity at Unit 27 to become a coach. Okay, so back to Unit 27, to back to the same style of position, keep coaching those big classes? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good was stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Did the, the same guy own it? Yeah, same guy owned this. He was still in Spain. And uh, yeah, like, you know, I thought I'd be in the bad books after yeah. leaving him hanging in Spain. But I was like, I went back to Thailand. like, And that's where I wanted to coach. That's where I wanted to live. That's what I wanted to do. And I had done... I did a couple of weeks of training, lost all the weight again. You know what I mean? I knew what I knew why I put on like nearly 12 kgs because I was just drinking every weekend and yeah. eating shit. And a lot of that would have been probably water weight as well. But you know, at the same time, there was a lot of fat fucking put on. And I was like, get back into it. And there was a guy there, uh, an Irish couple were also trainers. No, it's, you'd be surprised how many Irish trainers are actually on that street when it comes down to it. Yeah. And there was there was amazing two amazing coaches, uh, Frankie. Frankie and Trish, they now own a gym in Dubai called The Vault. And they're like, they're doing really well. Cool gym okay. in The Vault, like strength and conditioning, like high intensity training like that. And, you know, it was, I suppose it was him that I looked up to. Um, first of all, what's, what's Frankie's second name? Trish Cadden and Frankie. Frankie's going to kill me. I can't even think of his yeah. second name. <laughs> Sorry, Frankie. Everyone, everyone knows Frankie anyway, all right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's from Sligo. And uh, fuck it, I can't remember his second name. And like, he was like, look, Whatever you did there the last couple of months, I don't know what you did. Like, you've obviously fucking fucked yourself up somehow along the line. But he said, look, get your shit together. And he said, "Uh, no one really knows this. He said, but I'm leaving. I'm going to be leaving at Christmas. We're leaving at Christmas. We have something happening. He said, there's an opportunity here for you, but you've got to get your shit together. Like, you know, and that was that was kind of like, okay, I will. And look, the day next thing I get a phone call one day or a message or whatever. And it's like, come, come to the office. We need to speak to you. And I'm like, oh, God, I wonder what they want to speak to me about. Yeah, am I in trouble? Yeah, yeah, am I in trouble again? And look, they sent me down there like, look, this is happening. That's happening. Do you want the job? We we obviously know, like, you know, that you left Spain and things weren't probably how they were meant to go. And I was like, I know. And he was like, well, look, none of that doesn't matter. Do you Mm. want a job or not? And I fucking I remember walking out of there by and I was like, it's happened like because I turned the job down five or like almost four years earlier at Tiger Mai Tai. That's right. And then like, you know, and that like, again, like I said, it's like that was an opportunity of a lifetime and I turned it down. I was yeah. like, fuck it. They don't come around twice. Like, yeah. Well, at the time, it seems like at the time when that opportunity yeah. was offered to you first, you still made the right decision because you had still things that you needed to tick off. Yeah. You had, you had to get your citizenship. Like, so yeah, you turned down an opportunity, but there was other things you had to accomplish before you could, you know, commit to it. So it's, it's, it's like the, the universe was looking after you, you know, it's like, okay, you got your shit done because you had a trajectory you needed to travel. So let's offer this lad, the opportunity again and see yeah. how we see how he's ready for it this time. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a big part of it as well is that, you know, we nowadays, like, you know, like I have a vision board in front of me, like mm-hmm. right there and I have stuff written down. Whereas before I had nothing written down, like yeah. I, whether it has to be written down or not, I'm a firm believer. You should write it down. But I, I kind of, I obviously had a view in my head of where I wanted to go. Yeah. And I was kind of hell bent on that. And I had less things that I needed to worry about. Now I look at a vision board and I've shit there. I'm like, okay, you need to rub half that shit off because yeah. there's too much going on, you know? But it was, I was just, I think it was like, I was so, it, it's funny because I was laser focused when I had got back to Thailand that time and I wanted that job. 
I was like, I will get it. Like, I will get it. And the mindset stuff, I suppose, we all know a bit more about now we can go into was like, you know, when you have this focus of what you want and you really want this, then you can go after it. Mm -hmm. But like at that time, I suppose, yes, like when, when I did turn down the opportunity, there was other things that I needed to do. And like, I, I was able to go back and go like, okay, hey, that's what I need to do. It was like, there was only two points. I wanted to get my citizenship and I wanted to continue working so I could afford maybe to buy a house or whatever. Mm. And yeah, that was definitely the case of when I got offered a job, I was like, fucking hell, that's taken five years, you know? And this is the thing. And we all look for that short-term gratification. Mm. We want something now. And like, and like, even nowadays, like it is a case of like, I look at what I want to do and where I want to go. And you're like, is it happening? Is it not happening? Will I ever get there? And like, we still have those doubts now, but you know, I think you got to stay true to it and be like, it is going to happen if you just like take it easy on yourself, you know, cause we can always be, we're always pushing too hard to get shit done that we get nothing done half the time. Life is a marathon. Yeah, for it's sure. Not the, it's not the sprint. And Anthony, that like Anthony will rush into her. Anthony, you try and get a quick fix out. Of it. It's, it, it doesn't last. It doesn't, it, no. it, it's not worth its weight in water, but you bide your time, you, you stick the course. That shit is what actually lasts. Yeah. Yeah. So how the fuck did I end up meeting you in Bali then? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I guess like, you know, the, the time at in Thailand, I done three years. I end up doing three years I ended up becoming head coach at Unit 27, you know, which again was another massive position. And like, man, I was having the fucking time of my life, you know, mm. like every week, every week it was new people coming in. Like there's, like I said, there's 40 or 50 people per class and there's classes nine times a day. They're, then they built a CrossFit box uh, in an air, air con unit. But like any, when you were in Thailand, it's all fit. Like we were doing fitness in a shed, open air shed. And it was incredible. The people I met was incredible. I was having the time of my life. I didn't give a shit about anything. Like, you know, I had no commitments to nothing. Uh, I was like, you know, had to end up have, living in a lovely house, like all this kind of shit. And, you know, it was it was great. I never really did PTs. I was still like group fitness is a thing. Group fitness is like just that's where the fun is at. And then it just came to a stage, I suppose, that a, a lot of the people that I had met there had left. Yeah. Like the coaches had left. People had been leaving. And one, one thing is like people were leaving kind of in bad terms sometimes. Like, you know, things didn't go well or else. Like what I noticed is that even when people come on a fitness holiday, that eight weeks, like some people would stay for eight weeks and then they fall off the wagon after that, you know, they go back to their mm-hmm. old, like there's only so long you can kind of really keep hammering it for like, you know, mm-hmm. before you need a break. And some people, I think we just don't know how to take the break without going back to where we were, you know, That's that right. was the thing. So look, I'd done, I'd done almost three years and I said, it, the street in Phuket is about two kilometers, a kilometer, two kilometers long and everything is on that street. And I just felt like that I was in a fishbowl. Now, you know the way they use the analogy of like a shark won't grow in a fishbowl. You know what I mean? If you put a shark in a pond, it's not going to grow. And I just felt like that I needed to do something different. I needed to like, I'm, 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 I'm here in the, in the, in the best shape of my life, mentally and physically. And I think I just need to go do something else. I need to get out of it. And like people are saying, why are you leaving such a good job? I was like, it's not about the job anymore. It's about me. I'm now 33 years of age. I need to like, experience something new and to walk away from it and like basically in my prime i was like fuck i read like am i making a mistake but look i ended up anyway i was like look everything a lot of people would go to bali after around march or april was a good time to go to bali the weather kind of changes thailand is more like november december january february march april and then it kind of goes to bali after that so like if it's it's now this what month is it now 
it's like it's September. September. September, yeah. So now so now it's like people would probably start going to Thailand for the next six months. Then it was, mm, then it was turned into okay. Bali. And obviously we didn't know I didn't know much about Bali, but a lot of people after a while would end up leaving Thailand and going to Bali. And then Instagram came along and then we could see that okay, Bali looks cool, like you know. Mm. So I ended up um leaving Bali. Uh, met met a girl the last week before Thailand before my trip in Thailand. Did a bit of traveling with her, and then I ended up after three months of that I ended up going to Bali, and that's when it was actually it was this time. It's fucking hell. It's two it's two years ago now that in September yeah that I ended up going to Bali, and I met you on your your fitness holiday not soon after. It would have been this time two years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. October. Sense. September. October. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, so you when I met you, you would only gone to Bali. Is that what I'm hmm. understanding? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I was just um I said I go to Bali. I was like, okay, look, I have experience. Unit 27 is well known, mm-hmm. like in Bali. So any gym, hopefully, that I go to, well, I'll have an opportunity to like, you know, maybe get a job there, just continue on just meeting new people in a different area, basically, you know. Yeah. But then that's that's what I thought about. I was like, I am just changing location to do the exact same thing. But the truth is, I didn't want to work for anyone. I was like, come on, no, you're fucking old enough here. You can do your own thing. And then I seen an opportunity in Bali. I I did. I was working. I was working in three different gyms. I was trying to get my name out there. But like, you know, I was kind of holding off for like what I really want to do. And uh, I seen an opportunity to bring an in-body. So in-body is a body. Yeah. An in-body machine is obviously a body fat analysis machine. And no, in Changu, in Bali, there is fuck me 20 gyms okay mm. there's 20 gyms and i realized that this this scanner was something i looked into before like there's different variations of it and trust me like i i believe in them and i was looking at this one the model the body 570 so it's a body fat analysis machine you, you stand up in it like you know do it when you're fasted uh no f- food or water it tells you your muscle mass it tells you your body weight it tells you how much water retention you hold and you know there's all it's just it gives someone an insight. It prints it off on an A4 sheet of paper and it shows people what's inside. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not just a case of the weight. It's like how much muscle mass. And then obviously as a coach that I had experience, I can explain to people, okay, well, if you want to lose weight, X, Y, and Z, if you want to build muscle, calorie surplus, resistance training, three or four times a week, you know, this kind of style. And it was just that I was going to be able to coach people by bringing them in to use this machine and then explain to them how to get results. Because I did believe a lot of people weren't getting the results that they're training deserve because they just don't know like mm-hmm. you know most and that's why we're coaches like we want to educate people on why you do something you know if you want to build muscle cycling your bike for fucking an hour a day isn't going to build you muscle but people are like oh i didn't know that you know and this kind of shit like yeah. so i i decided i was going to invest in an in-body machine uh it's worth twenty thousand dollars so i was like okay i need to get like you know this this is a serious investment and I went after I'd been coaching, it was just a case it was going to give me another outlet, you know what I mean? Another yeah. financial income. And it was something I really wanted to do. Uh, went to Jakarta, had a look at the machines. This was actually in, this was t- just over a year and a half ago. Uh, so you probably know where this is going. Mm-hmm. And uh, a year and a half ago, COVID hadn't happened in Bali. It had happened in the world, but it hadn't happened in Bali. And I went there and next thing I went to Singapore to buy a visa, to get a visa that cost me $3,000, $4,000 for a, a business visa. Came back in, got the machine for $20,000, got it down to Changu, setting it up. Everything it was February, February 2000 and, or was it 2019 at this stage? 
And next thing, I bought the machine, took it down to a gym. I was going to take it around to all the gyms. You know what I mean? And like, it's it's a great way to meet new people. It was for me to start my new business as a, not just as a coach, but as a coach and a trainer and kind of mix the both of them together. Yeah. And I took it out once. I took it out twice. And next thing, while I was in Singapore, like they were text t- put the temperature guns against our heads. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm. And next thing by, we realized that there was obviously something happening in the world, but I took Jim this machine around to gyms and I had it out twice. The next thing we get a phone call saying there's something, something bad is happening and gyms mm. are going to start closing pretty soon. Gyms had start closing, I'm sure in other areas. And we, I actually had to like, they, they were shutting down Bali for a week or whatever. And we were like, Jesus, this is, you know, the China thing was out of control and mm-hmm. they were de- they were going to start stopping flights and lo and behold, I had to pack it up. And yeah, we had to sit in Bali for a while and then realize, okay, what is it we're going to do? You know what I mean? What's everyone going to do? And next thing I was like, fuck it. I suppose like the, the only thing to do was I had friends and family in, in parts. Uh, yeah. Everyone was trying to get out of, everyone was trying to get out of Bali. It got a bit hectic, you know, and uh, I decided I would come back to, to Australia, like where I am now. But at the same time, yeah, like, you know, it was the fitness scene in Bali with the fitness holidays was what was keeping me there. And that's yeah. what we were going to expand on, you know. And that did that pretty much overnight dry up? Yeah, like basically in the space of a week, yeah. there was like everyone was trying to get out. And the fact was like I had a Scottish friend and an Australian couple that I had that I was good friends with in Thailand. And they had all tried. They all went to the airport. And then they couldn't get out. They're all back again. So they were, yeah. Like these were people that wanted to leave. I was kind of happy to stay. Mm. And then it was only that my sister would send me an air, an A4 long spreadsheet uh, and fucking email to get the fuck out. I was okay. like, okay, look, I better, look, I better. But then I, like, I was in a house with seven people. Some people wanted to leave. Some people didn't. And it was the people that wanted to leave had to go. Like you had to go. If you didn't want to be in Bali yeah. during a pandemic or whatever at the start, we didn't know. Like you didn't want to be there. You should not be there. Right. And the fear was definitely getting there, man. The f- fucking fear was serious. I remember sitting in my room one night and these people had left. I had gone to the airport and then they came back and I was sitting in the room. And then I did, I said it to one of my friends, he or my friend come into me and said, look, if you have the opportunity, because he had tried to go to South Africa. He said, if you have the opportunity to go to Australia, he said, I would be going. And I was like, fuck, but I have this thing and he, like machine. And he's like, fuck that, he said. So I looked at the flights. There was only two flights out, one to Perth and one to Qatar. And I obviously had thought about going home, but then I was like, look, I'll go to Perth. I'll only come for two. I'll come for a month, maybe three mm-hmm. weeks or a month and let this all settle down. And yeah, no, that's... Um, hasn't really happened just yet <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. no fucking all yeah. a year yeah. and a half later and we're still yeah. in, this, in, the, in the guts of it yeah yeah so hectic so fuck yeah well obviously uh, the, with the covid that had kicked in it really stifled all plans of anything yeah. so you were gonna you were gonna set up your own business traveling around putting people yeah. on this in-body scanner was going to become your new business thing yeah. and obviously it all went hits up and you came back yeah. and packed back to part and that that's where you've been since yeah okay but i remember you mentioning i know i don't know what the, the pandemic is it's kind of hard to plan at the moment but i remember you talking about you know setting up your own like fitness holiday type things yeah. is that so, is that still something that's on the cards for you or has has covid fucking blew that out of the water altogether yeah, no, I still, 
it's definitely still on the cards. Like it will happen. You know what I mean? I think it's. I don't think it's going to happen the next three months for sure. I'm not that oh, stupid. No. You know what I mean? But I definitely think like a year from now. And this is the thing. Like you know, like I suppose with the last since I've been back in Australia I, at the start, like life hasn't been easy for me either. Like you know, everyone mm. like it's been, it hasn't been easy for anyone. But I've definitely. I'd be thinking like I have one foot in Bali, I have one foot in Australia, one foot in fucking Ireland. <laughs> My yeah. dick is somewhere, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, whatever. It's like, I mean, and that's where like, I suppose with nowadays, like I'm trying to figure out, okay, stop trying to be in so many places at once. Part is great. Part is amazing. Like we're, we're very fortunate. We don't like, we're not even in lockdown here. And you boys in, in Melbourne and Sydney are in the shit all the time. Like, you know, mm. and I'm sitting here thinking I have problems half the time, but Look, without, I suppose, going into too much, is like, yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim Crack is the thing I do. You have the Crack Pit podcast. I have yeah. the Jim Crack podcast. And, like, Jim Crack to me and why, where the name Jim Crack came from. And I suppose, like, what it will be, it will be called the Jim Crack Retreats because I'm a person of, I love the group thing. Like yeah. I said, like, I'm a group fitness instructor. I love that. I, I do personal training stuff now. But, like... The gym is a place where we want to go and have fun and we want to live our lives and we want to have fun. So like gym crack, it's probably the most, most Irish people understand the crack and most people understand what the fucking gym is. But like putting the two of those together, like is what I want. And I feel like as much personal training that I do and the, the online coaching stuff that I do, I still want to be able to like in six months time or a year, be able to like open myself up to have that 20 people in front of me that I have on a fitness holiday. Yeah. and be like i'm going to show you how we can actually have fun like you mm. know yes online coaching we can get you results you got to do the work yourself and i'm all for that and like we have to stay healthy we have to stay fit and we promote and like that's the way it's kind of going at the moment it has to be done uh group fitness i do that here in part i, I coach in a gym it's not my gym mm. do i want to own a gym i don't want to own a gym we've had this discussion yes. already you know what i mean it's like you've had your gym i don't want to own a gym but definitely having the living the life that i've had being able to like do it in spain go to spain to see how what worked there go to thailand to see what's worked going to bali to see what's worked mm-hmm. and like knowing the locations you know what i mean yeah. yes i could probably do them here in australia as well but i just want to take people on a, an exotic place to show them the life that like that is out there you know what i mean and that's the thing like so i will definitely get i will definitely be doing that that's the one thing if there's one thing i want to do next year that is it and like last year i had 10 different things I've fucking cut that shit down. Like I now realize you can't do the 10 different things because nothing will happen. Nothing will get done. But for next year, going on fitness holidays, like, you know, there's like, you see active escapes have them like yeah. massive company here in Australia. Uh, no, there's loads of companies that's doing, but I want to do my own and I want to show right. people how I want to do it. And I want to treat people how I would have, how I treat them like, and put them through their paces, you know? But again, like not just bring someone on a fitness hall that hasn't done anything for a couple of months and be like, okay, we're on a fitness hall day. And then they suffer massively, yeah. like, you know, set them up and, and ensure that they have the best week or two weeks of their lives when they come and they are prepared. And that's where online coaching can prepare someone for that, you know, yeah, because a lot of people, like but, yeah. But a lot of things is like, and I've seen is like when, have, when people have come out to Thailand or Bali on a fitness hall day, People haven't been in probably the like the reason. Well, okay, I've gone out there and I hadn't been in the best headspace before I went. That's why, and that's why a lot of people and like from the experience of three years of Thailand, I seen that in a lot of people was that mm. no one comes on a fitness holiday because life is fucking great ninety percent of the time. It's because I want I need something that's not going to affect my mental health by drinking for two weeks. I want something different and going on a fitness holiday. Trust me, 
from my experience, it's the best thing I ever in my life have done. I'm so passionate about it. Uh, if I could run them for free, I'll be running them for free eventually, and I'd be bringing everyone on them. But that's yeah, the thing. It's man. like, it's just like what it does for you. Did the one with Sonny, you know what I mean? And I seen that, like, I seen what Sonny brought to that was like, fuck, you don't have like fitness holidays aren't serious. Fitness mm. and f- holidays are about having fun, learning, being educated, not just coming, bringing you out and smashing you for two weeks or a week on a mm. holiday. It's like educating you around different principles, doing little seminars on nutrition, on fitness, on mental health, on mindfulness, all this kind of stuff. Yoga, like yoga is great. Everything is great. You know what I mean? And you blend it all into a week or two and you give people, like some people wouldn't have done yoga. Some people might have done strength training. Some people don't understand strength training. Like, you know, it's, it's obvious like we there's loads of different aspects of fitness and it's like showing you a different part of each one. And then you go home and you're like, well, I like that part the best. I'm going to do that part, you know, or like the whatever it is. If you were doing journaling, if we did a journaling workshop, oh, I should try that or a meditation workshop. I should try a bit more of that. You know, you you just have to give people these little experiences that they and then they choose for themselves. You know what I mean? You can't tell anyone what to do. Yeah. And they so. stay. And, and what from what? Because I've been on two of them now. I've been on the one with Sonny Webster and I've been on another one with a, a mate of mine, Bill Kerr, who set it up. It's called Adventure Fit Travel. You're doing yeah. all this fitness stuff everything that you mentioned there, but you're still on a holiday. Yeah. So we still toured around Bali. We still uh, went climbing the cliffs and went to the different beaches and still experienced um, a new country, a new culture, ate the food, met the locals, but we still had the fitness uh, element there, which was the bond that brought everyone there in the first place. So I think it's, I, I personally love it. I love going off on my little holidays and just chilling out and just fucking drinking beer for a week. But I, I also fucking really like having an agenda, having something set up for me that it's, it's there in place. There's, there's, there's a schedule throughout the day that you can follow. You can take a day off if you want to, but you're still going on excursions with the group of people that you're training with, yep. you're sweating with, and you're, you're kind of shacked up with. So it, it, it's like all encompassing. Yeah. And I know personally myself that like if, you know, getting into a relationship with someone, I would want to do that with a partner as well. You know, it's, it's fun. Like some holidays, definitely you can go off and plan them yourself and organize all this shit yourself, but having someone doing that organizing for you uh, and, and just, you rock up, you eat good food. You still get on the beers. If there, if there's a session or two happening, you're still having a lot of fun, but all the stuff is already organized for you. And you're just with a crew of people that are up for the same shit. Yeah. And like, and this is the thing that I firmly believe is like even anyone that came on a fitness holiday, most people come by themselves and they come alone, but you're going to meet the right people because you have, you've, you've all decided that, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity to go to Thailand or to Bali by myself. Cause most of the people are solo travelers. And then you just like meet the right people. You have a clean slate. No one, like you can just talk openly. You have the connection with people and that's, you meet, you meet friends for life. Anyone that I have met man over the last five years and I've stayed in touch with like yourself, like anyone, it's like, I've met them on fitness all this. Like right. that's the truth. Like, you know, cause we've had that common bond and that's the thing I think like with Joe doing retreats and the retreats are all over the world. Like, you I mean, you can go to any kind of retreat nowadays and it, well, you could go, you could go to anyone, but it's like, mm. It's just like that that experience of a new culture. When you do sign up with, with someone to go on these retreats, they know the area. You know, you're not going to figure it out yourself. Like, like there's a place in, in Phuket, like, you know, where you go to like beach bars or beach clubs or there's like 
restaurants in the trees and like they're, they're only down the road but like if you don't know about them you don't know about them and it's like That's when true. it's organized and you can take people in and this is the thing with with thailand or bali obviously they're exotic locations and everyone would love to experience them and you know it is the culture the culture is the other thing and it's just yes. not having the fear of like i'm going to arrive in you know if you're if you're a person that's like obviously you know you haven't traveled by yourself before then going on a tour with people that like i'm at the airport someone's going to pick me up and take me because that's that's the hardest part like even mm. i remember the first time i went to thailand like i was like i don't even know where i'm going to go when i get off the plane <laughs> you know and that was it like and you, you see people and like it is it's people are just solo travelers and you will meet the right people yeah. and you know like that is at most people go on holidays well i hate when I, I should never presume i always bring that back to myself mm. every time i've gone on holiday i've come home 10 times worse because I went on a holiday. You yes. know what I mean? You know, I need a holiday from the holiday. Correct. Oh, <laughs> lad, that's yeah. so true. <laughs> and whereas, like, you know, anyone that you, you meet on fitness holidays, they don't even want to leave. And you know what? Some people don't leave. And that's perfectly fine because they realize there's more to life than going back to work. But when you go to a two-week holiday in Spain or whatever, like we're younger, we just destroy ourselves and then we go straight back to work. Whereas, like, I see people that were in Thailand or ballet and they meet people and they're having like the time of their lives are like do you know what i really couldn't really give a shit about my job if i if i spent the next two weeks here and they, i was fired and you won't be fired like truthfully unless your boss is an absolute arsehole he's going to give you you're already in the country yes. like so if you decide to stay for another two weeks you don't have to pay for the flight you already have your accommodation you're already here <laughs> what yeah. i mean so i'm just my bit of advice is when you go on holidays on a fitness holiday just stay longer than you should Okay, yeah. <laughs> mate, I agree yeah. with that one. I agree with yeah. that one, one hundred percent. Well, uh, Adrian, I will one hundred percent look forward to when you set up this uh, fitness holiday company, whatever mm. it is. You let you let me know because I'm coming oh. on the first one. I'll be your first customer. <laughs> that is a fact. That is a fact. Uh, uh, might be uh, just the two of us. Hey, <laughs> so be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy days. Whatever. We'll get all the material. It can be all recorded, and it's, yeah, that'll, yeah. Be, that'll promote the next one. Ah, oh, brilliant. <laughs> so, Adrian, come here. We'll wrap it up with that. But listen. How can people find you? And you mentioned the Gym Crack. Tell people where they can find that podcast. Yeah, so the Gym Crack podcast, again, I suppose I take, I've taken um, I've taken Damien and I've spun it a small bit, but no, it is. It's uh, the Gym Crack podcast is obviously live. It's live on Apple Podcasts and it's on Spotify and all that. But again, it's basically me interviewing people that I have met on fitness, a lot of fitness holidays, people through Thailand and Bali. Um, I just want to, Basically, because it's been a year and a half now, is for me, it's just about reconnecting with the people that I have met. You know, we've spoken a few times now, but it is basically for me, that's all it is about is just me reconnecting, having the chats with people, talking about fitness all this, talking about what they're doing with their lives, what where they've gone. There's obviously a lot of things we can talk about, just the fact that people have been through the fucking roller coaster of a year and a half now and what's gone on. So at the moment, it is all about just, you know, me interviewing people, having fun, getting to reconnect with all these people that uh you know, usually I would have met on fitness holidays. You know, that's the thing. So for, for now, it's all a bit of fun. There's like yourself, it's like yourself. You just record it and you have the crack and you have the chats. Uh, then, yeah, I'm on Instagram as Ado Allen. I've been very quiet on Instagram the last couple of months, I suppose, you know, and that's that's another ha- half the battle. Like I go on it and then I come off it and I'm like, I'm sick of talking shit. <laughs> 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 me me cooking my soup. Yeah. Ah, my vegetable soup. <laughs> I love it. It's 
me and Damien, we do, I suppose, we just have the same kind of values and we just love having the crack and we're here we're here for the right reasons and that's why we're friends, I believe, and that's that's what it's about. And even just with anything health and fitness related, uh, you know, follow the people that you like you like to listen to, follow the people that you, you think are fun and do things for the right reasons. Don't randomly buy fucking programs off the internet off someone that just happens to appear on Instagram and you're feeling sorry for yourself on a Monday morning, you know, give yourself, mm. be nice to yourself, have a, a bit of compassion, you know, there's there's ups and downs in all of us and we just need to like, you know, take a step back sometimes. But I suppose, look, the, the thing is like reaching out and just to jump off topic, like if people are having any issues these days is to reach out. I know what it's like to go up and down and, you know, even to just come on here now today, like and have a chat, man, for, I don't know, we were into an hour and a half. I was just like, I just can't wait to come on and just, just have a fucking conversation with someone. And this is what people are missing. Like, I think in a lot of places that they don't have the opportunity maybe to go and talk to people. Like, you know, I'm very fortunate here in part. I have places I can go. We can go to the human excellence project and we meet people. I have friends like you that do a podcast and you can call me. But if there's any of you out there that like, you know, aren't feeling the greatest, you can call Damon. You can call me like I'll talk to you, but you know, go talk to someone find what floats your boat and get going again, you know, and that's it. And like, I won't lie to you out the last couple of weeks. I've, I've felt down on myself. I haven't been the best person of myself and I know I need to start picking it up with talking to people and, you know, getting your voice, you, you talking to me, igniting me again with all this shit of fitness holidays is like, you know, that's what I kind of needed to hear today. I tell you the truth. Well, perfect. Well, is, yeah. I'm glad to be that catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah. legend. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, that's a solid way to wrap up this episode. Adrian that was like yeah. that's what people needs to hear so yeah uh, reach out don't let yourself go down the rabbit hole of darkness you know or uh, mm. have that black dog as they say over here sitting beside you all the time talk and you mentioned it earlier on and I think we mentioned before we even came on the podcast lads talk more and talk yeah. with your own mates there's, there's no shame in it it's, it's good to get shit off your chest it doesn't matter how big how small talk about it yeah, that's it. Yeah, don't be afraid to rate to reach out to anyone. And it is the hardest part is to talk. And like, mm-hmm. I I honestly feel I've got better at it, but it's taken about a year and a half, two years to get better at it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's only small things. You know, you you don't you don't need to have like a, an hour long conversation with someone. You just like you know let someone know how you're feeling and like yeah, take it from there. You know, the right people will offer you the right advice or maybe the the right thing is you just want to say it to someone. Someone just got to listen. You know, right. no one has to say anything to you. So yeah, do. That's 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 kind of like where I feel in this week. So that's why I wanted to say it, you know, because other people think, oh, yeah, he's fucking all about the crack and he's always happy. It's like, no, it's not always that way. <laughs> yeah, 100%, yeah. 100%. So. Well, that's awesome. Well, uh, Adrian, thanks so much for being the guest today. And um, as soon as these holidays are up and running next year, I, 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 we'll be quick to let people know. That's a fact. <laughs> Get up. Get up. <laughs> Legend. <laughs>